Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to A Bite of the Big Apple. I'm Howard David, happy to bring in a longtime friend. I mean, I've known this guy since 1991. That's a long time. And I can, I, you know, we all get old, but I can't imagine this guy is 50 years old now. His name is Kenny Anderson. He's forever and a day has been called Kenny the Kid since he came out of the projects in Queens out of Left Rack City. And I mean, you were a, a legend when you were in high school as a basketball player at uh, Archbishop Malloy. Can you go back that far? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always do because that's what that's what started me, and that's what you know. That's where I'm at now. You know, that's why I wanted to get into coaching because my high school coach Jack Current, he's, he's man, he he started it all for me. I played freshman. Uh, as a freshman, I played varsity, and um, I learned a lot from just, you know, playing basketball there at Malloy, but also just my everyday life, you know, um, with the teachers and things of that nature. Just was just this was an awesome experience for me to uh, grow up in, and uh, and now I see it. Now I retired from playing, I see everything now uh, in, in a different in a different way. In what way? Uh, a positive way, but um, just so much. So, you know, when I made it to the NBA, that was fine, you know, but uh, but what, what he, my high school coach, Jack Karen and Vincent Smith, my mentor, helped me a great deal. I, it just, how can I say it? Um, just the people, I think the people that I, that I, that I, that I lived in, you know, in my, but my my younger days, some of them was good people and some of them wasn't. Like and you, you just you you realize it. You realize it now. When I'm 50 years old, and um, you I have a I have a you know you can look at, you can look them over and see. You know, with my health scare I had, you know I had a I had a stroke, and um, you just could see you know the the way you the way people um, are with you. You know, as you get older. Kenny, uh, talk about that. 2019, you had a stroke. What, what can you remember about that? What were you feeling? I, I don't remember it, but I'm I, I'm so blessed and lucky. It's just my memory was it was was thrown off. But um, you know, uh, it, was, it was I had coached for two years down here at uh, Fisk University, which I love the school and um i had a stroke i went back and visit my wife my family and doing i had a stroke i was like whoa that and that's all i remember you know <laughs> I, and that's i went and visit them and then i had a stroke on saturday i was in a hospital for like a month or two months somewhere like that and uh they were trying to figure it out and i just came i came to senses i came to my you know senses 
you know um and then when i i came to it i just i didn't remember you know of what happened to me when um you came out of uh, at Archbishop Malloy, went to Georgia Tech, uh, yeah. and you played with Dennis Scott, who was known as 3D, great three-point shooter, yeah. and Brian Oliver, and you, and you played for Bobby Crimmins, um, yeah. another very good coach. What did you take away, now that you're a coach at Fisk University in Nashville, what did you take away from Jack Curran, Bobby Crimmins, Chuck Daly, who you played for, Rick Pitino, who you played for? What did you take from these guys? Uh, I try to take a lot, you know, from, from all of those coaches, you know, in the gym, I'm a little different, but, um, you really have to, uh, you know, understand you know, that it's 2021 now. So basketball has changed a great deal when I played. So in the gym, you just got to work on your craft. Number one, number two, uh, academically college, you know, um, now I'm at a HBCU fish university. So I, I try to just, you know, teach those guys, you know, uh, about life, about life, about some of the things that, you know, I, I had the hiccups with, you know, um, you know, uh, they love it. Some of them didn't know my team. They really didn't know who they was playing for. You know, they, they really didn't know their mothers and fathers, you know, knew me, but they didn't. So it's, it's going to take some time. I, I didn't care about if they knew me or not, but it, just, you know, reaching out to them. And um, I got some very good players, Ty- Tyron Davis, Malik Smith, uh, Baron Goodrich from New York, um, Marcus Moultrie, Devin Payne. They all good. Ralph Davenport, they're all good kids. And they want to learn a lot, you know, as far as basketball. But, you know, I try to give them, you know, more about life, you know. You know, you make, you make a great point, Kenny, because, you yeah. know, having grown up in New York as I did, I understand yeah. about the pitfalls growing up in yeah. the city. Uh, you get influenced by people that have yep. bad intentions, and look, you've you've uh, you've had more crosses to bear than a lot of guys that I know. Uh, you know, you come out of where you came out of. Uh, you, you get uh, into the NBA. What were you, eighteen or nineteen years old when you were drafted by the I Nets? Was the youngest. I was the youngest in the NBA at the time. Probably about 18, 19 years old, and uh, 91, I went number two pick. It was just awesome. And, but, I, but it was weird because I was always, I was already a star in high school. And God, so I, it just was all weird for me. Basketball, basketball is easy. Life is hard. That's my documentary slogan. I got my documentary out, Mr. Chibs, doing extremely well. <laughs> and um, it's it just, it, it just funny, man, just how, how, things, how things work. Where did that come from, Mr. Chibs? Uh, my mother. My mother named me Mr. Chibs. Uh, when I would do something great, she would call me Mr. Chibs. And uh, when, I, when I was born, three days old, you know, I was, she was eating. She said cheeks and came out Chibs. <laughs> so she, she went home and, and called me Chibs. But my, my real name, I knew, I, I figured that out when I was in kindergarten. I was. I thought my name was Chips. She was like, "Boy, it's Kenneth. Don't say that." You know, that's 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 what it is. You know, when I went to when it, when she was filling out the paperwork for school, you know, that's when I really realized uh, my name was Kenneth. Talk but, about um, Kenny. Talk about the difficulty, and you could, as you look back on it now, you grew up where your mother was was everything to you, and you, you didn't have yeah. a father. I don't think you met your father till you what about thirty. Yep, exactly, exactly. My mother was everything to me. She passed away uh, uh, 2005. Uh, and, but I, I get emotional talking about my mother. Yeah, I know. But uh, 
I just uh, she saw every she saw everything as far as basketball. She saw everything, so I was blessed. I was blessed. She saw high school, college, pro, and I gave her a good life. I gave my mother a hell of a good life, and that's what I wanted to do. And um, she was a she was a great woman. Yeah. And, uh, I, no, I I hear I hear the emotion in your voice. So I, and I yeah. and I obviously. You know, I've been around you enough to, to understand yeah. what you've been through. But I remember, and you remember, too, the night at the Meadowlands, you're playing the Knicks, and John yeah. Starks knocks you down. You eventually yeah. have a broken wrist. And yeah. she came from out of the stands, standing right where I'm broadcasting the game, and yeah. she let out a couple of choice words to John Starks. Yeah, and it, it was funny, but she's, she's being, she's being, being protective. Like that, yeah, she's being protective of her son. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was it was great. But my mother was everything to me, and I wanted to, you know, give her, give her the world. And I did it. I did it. So, you know, now it's just, you know, uh, me and, and, and the young men that I'm coaching, trying to, 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 to teach them the right way. Kenny Anderson, uh, a star player in high school coming out of New York, Archbishop Malloy, played for the great Jack Curran, went on to Georgia Tech and then into the NBA in 91 with the New Jersey Nets. Uh, and I was there the night that you were drafted and they had a reception afterwards where uh, a couple of people got up and spoke and so on. And Derek Coleman, who was now your teammate, got up and welcomed you with open arms. I thought Derek Coleman was probably – as good a power forward as there ever has been in the NBA. Uh, and I'm just kind of, and now I know he's not doing well physically. Do you, do you ever talk to him? I talked to him um, last week, you know, really? um, he, and he's, he sounds good. Um, but, and, and this is what I say every time and it's real. He's the best big man I ever played with. I, I played with, he's the best big man I ever played with. You played for Chuck Daly. I played for a lot of big guys, but he he's awesome. Yeah, let, let's he, he, yeah, go ahead. Kenny, t talk about that plan for Chuck Daly, who I have tremendous respect yeah. for, uh, and I thought he was one of the greatest people that has ever crossed my path. Forget coach, but yeah. he had he had the ability to understand the psychology of the NBA player. He knew how to deal with with players as men and treated them as such. Don't you feel that way? Oh yeah, it's hundred percent correct. And he he was the best coach that I ever played for. You know, on the pro level. Um, Did I lose you? Duck and uh, I was I was sad to see him go when he left. You know, New Jersey and moved on and went to Orlando. But I I was like, wow. You know, I, I didn't understand it. You know why he would leave. You know under great you know great circumstances you know but he, he left and um but he was a great man and rest in peace to chuck daly um he he, he led he he taught me how to lead he taught me how to be a pro professional he taught me how to be a professional uh i went to chuck's funeral in uh, in yeah. florida and every one of the members of his detroit piston championship team were there except dennis rodman rodman was so close to chuck daly he couldn't yeah. He couldn't deal emotionally with going to his funeral. He just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. He 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 raised, he kind of raised uh, Dennis Rodman, and uh, he was Dennis Rodman loved him to death, you know. And um, you know, Chuck 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 was 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 a great man. Not only a good coach, but he was a great man. And um, 
you know, I, I still, I, every game, before every game or the bus, wherever, he, he really took care of himself. <laughs> his, his hair and his suits. <laughs> so I would, I, would tell, I would say, what type of suit you wear? He said, I got the, I got the brown, I got the gray. He was so, you know, it, it was great, man. He was just great. He was just great. He talking with Kenny Anderson. Uh, was we taking a bite of the Big Apple, Kenny, from the uh, from New York City? So when you're growing up, the dream is to play for the Knicks, right? Well, yeah, the dream was to play for the Knicks, but they had Pat Riley, and I guess he, you know, and Patrick Ewing. I guess I wasn't on his uh, radar, and he didn't really like to like me as a player, period. Because you know, New Jersey was fine. I went number two to New Jersey, so I I, re- I, I don't I nothing about the Knicks I like, but my family likes the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't I don't like the Knicks, period. Well you know, that's <laughs> No I no I understand. I, I understand yeah. completely. Yeah. When when if I said this to you, now here you are as a coach, so you're instructing yes. young men yeah. and and the uh the uh, the pitfalls of going yeah. into the league as a young man, you get all this money thrown at you. You really yeah. don't know what to do with it, do you? You don't know what to do with it, you know. If you have great uh, lawyers and investors and things like that, and, and people that's not crazy. I, and I say this: I, I really never really lost money like that. It was my mother, you know. I, I my mother spent a lot of my most of all my money, <laughs> you know. My mother, I took care of my mother, but she she didn't get it. But you know, who she didn't, you know, it was just. Uh, a hard situation to say no to your mother. And I wasn't going to say no to my mother. So I never did anything uh, wrong to lose a lot of my money. It was, it was my mother, my fa- my mother. She told me to take care of my family, you know, but my, my, my attorneys and all that was like, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't take care of your, ter- your, your family. You know, they're old enough. They should be able to, you know, get a job and take care of themselves. So it was just back and forth for two, two people. You know, that just was tough. Um, I went with my mother. I went with my mother. Uh, well, I can understand that, but in, in hindsight, would you yeah. have done things differently? Uh, yes, uh, yes, yes. Hindsight, I don't know. This is where you don't. You you look at it and you say, I would have did this different. I don't know if I would have did it differently. Because I, I I don't know I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I if I would have if I would have did you know uh, you know what what my lawyer said and my mother's I, my, what my lawyer said I don't know if I would have been different if it would have it would it would have been different but how you know you know how would I would have been you know with my neighbor I had a Kitty Anderson. Uh, classic in Lefrak City that went on for 11 years. My mother was like, you're, you're going to do it. You know, and I paid for all the uniforms and all, for 10 years, hmm. you know, and, and trophies and stuff like it was great. You know what I mean? Because she loved the neighborhood Lefrak City where we came from because a lot of those people helped me. You know, when we didn't have nowhere, we didn't have a house to uh, live in or a pot to piss in, you know, those people helped me. So you always have to remember to give to those who can't. And, and that's one of the things my mother taught me. You, and and you, I can't blame her, you know. I remember, um, amongst a lot of things, I remember going 
to your wedding um, yeah. on a boat sailing around Manhattan Island. And uh, I don't know how many, there was a lot of people on that boat, maybe 200 people on the boat, 300 people like on the boat. 300 and something people. Yeah. My first wedding. Yeah. And, uh, and it was such a small, you actually got married by the captain of the boat upstairs, and we all watched it on television downstairs. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. But what was even funnier to me that I invited you and your wife to my oldest daughter's wedding. Yeah. And I still have the video of that day, and it's comical to see you sitting there up front, African-American with a white yarmulke on your wow. head. <laughs> you you got to send me the picture. <laughs> you got to send me the picture because, you know, Jewish, the Jewish people in my life has helped me greatly. And that's just, I, I that's helped me greatly when I was an Archbishop of Loy and so on. They have helped me greatly. Well, and, it, it um, was, um, it was, know. it was, and now looking back on it now, look, uh, I remember I was doing the Boston Celtics games and Rick Pitino, yes. Rick Pitino sent uh, uh, John Connor, his, uh, his uh, equipment guy, upstairs to where I was getting ready to do the game. Yeah. And he said, the coach wants to see you. And I said, uh-huh. I go back down into the locker room. I said, you want to see me, coach? He goes, yeah. He says, you know Kenny Anderson. I said, very well. He said, I'm thinking for trading for him from Toronto. And I said, well, who are you going to give up? He said, Chauncey Billups. I said, don't do yeah. it. I said, don't do it. I said, it's nothing against Kenny Anderson, but Chauncey Billups has got a chance to be a big-time player in this league. I wouldn't do it uh, because you're giving up a guy who's much younger and no disrespect to Kenny Anderson, but I think you're going to be okay with Chauncey Billups. Well, he, he didn't listen to me. He made the trade for you anyway. Yeah, man, that's great. Rick Pitino is one of the greatest uh, coaches that I ever played for. Not only is he a great person, he, not only a great coach, but he's a great person. Uh, in a college, he did everything on every level, 50, 30, like 30, 30 years he's coached. And I'm so happy and glad that he brought me to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. And you tried to keep the trade for him doing it. No. Oh, my God. No, nah, <laughs> hey, it wasn't personal. Oh, my God. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't personal. I love I you to death. I understand. No, I love I you to death. I was looking at it from where Chauncey, as a matter of fact, his son, Richard, yeah. Who's been yeah. a college coach now? He just got, I think he just left Minnesota. Uh, yes. He said uh, he was very close to Chauncey. He said, "If you choose, if you trade Chauncey, I'm leaving home." And Rick looked at his wife and he said, "Can we still have more kids?" <laughs> I said, "Wow, that's cold." Uh, it was it, it was uh, it was a funny time then. Patino tried to play in the NBA in Boston the way he coached at Kentucky, and it just didn't yeah. work out. No, I knew the, the pressing was tough. You you couldn't press a, a pro team. Yeah, you know it just it just was guys are too too clever, just too smart. They know that they they know how to play basketball, you know. And um, it was it was tough. And then he 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 got um you know he quit. And then we won. We went to the Eastern Conference Final with Jim O'Brien, his assistant at Kentucky and his assistant everywhere. Jim O'Brien's another great coach I had. We went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was awesome. You played for New Jersey. You played for Boston. You played for Charlotte, Portland, Seattle, New Orleans, Indiana, Atlanta, and then at the end with the Clippers. And then I think you went yeah. overseas and played for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, I played overseas. When my mother passed away, I went overseas, and uh, um, I had a great time over there. Um, the team over there uh, with uh, uh, Sabonis on the team, 
and I went over there for three, four months. It was just awesome. Clear my head, you know, with my family, my wife, my daughter. Can't wear. It was just awesome, you know. But I don't know, and that's why I tell my wife, I, I'm older. I was older when I went over there. I don't know if I could play over there when, you know, older now. You know what I'm saying? When you're older, you don't want to go over there. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was good for me, but the young kids that don't get drafted to NBA can play overseas. But um, it was just different. It was just different being over there. Talking with Kenny Anderson forever, a New York City basketball legend from as early as high school. Um, when you played with the Nets, I want to talk about a particular player uh, that I came in contact with. And, and uh, I asked, remember, you know, Del Curry, Steph Curry's dad. I asked Del Curry when he was still playing with Charlotte, who's the best three-point shooter in the league? And I said, is it? Is it you? He said, no. I said, Reggie Miller? He goes, no. Mark Price? No. He pointed to a guy on the Nets bench by the name of Drazen Petrovic. Yes, yes. Drazen Petrovic was, in his mind, the best three-point shooter he ever saw. Now I'm looking at Steph Curry. I think you got to make a case, right? I don't, you know, yes, you say Steph Curry, but Drazen Petrovic, you know, rest in peace, man. I'm just so happy that I had the chance to play with him. Um, he was a great teammate, and he wanted to belong. He wanted to. He, he was already he made his mark overseas. He was a great player, but he wanted to belong uh, in the league. And uh, he was in Portland with Clyde Drexler and uh, Terry Porter. He couldn't play, so they sent him over to New Jersey, and he just blew up, man. He played the right way. He worked out before the game. He was just really. I learned a lot from him, also, just about my work ethic. You know, going to practice, he was drenched. He was already there an hour before, ready to go. You know what's interesting about that? Uh, I remember you guys played a game in Minnesota, and then in the hotel there was a gym downstairs that you had shoot-around. And I went to the shoot-around, and Drazen had already been up in the workout room on the Stairmaster for an hour, and he was, you're right, he was soaking wet. And then he comes and works out with the team, and then after that, I'm getting ready to leave. He calls me over. He says, can you do me a favor? I said, what do you need, Drazen? Could you shag balls for me? I want to take some more shots. So for half an hour, he shot threes. And I shagged balls for him. He then went back up to the gym and worked out another half an hour. <laughs> He's a pro, man. He was a pro, but he, was, he wanted to belong. He wanted to be the best. And he was getting there. He was there. Yeah. And it was just a, when, he, when he passed, it was shocking, man. Well, I remember that night because I was at a golf tournament with Chuck Daly and Willis Reed was there as well. And after the tournament, we found out that Drazen had been killed in a car crash. And it was like, it was like stunning because he was about ready to get paid. Yes, yes, he was going to get paid. He was going to get extremely uh, good money for his position and everything where he was playing. It was just awesome. Well, uh, you look at, uh, did you happen to see the championship game last night between uh, Baylor and, and Gonzaga? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was just um, a, a good, I don't know, it was a, a Baylor game. You know, they was, they, they, the perimeter, their perimeter uh, was just awesome. They could shoot the ball extremely well, and their bigs really rebound, attacked. They attacked. They was on attack mode against Gonzaga, and Gonzaga just couldn't do nothing with them. It, it just was tough. I was impressed, too, with the women's final when Stanford beat um, beat Arizona. It was a yeah, tremendous I, I, game. Yeah, I watched that game also. Yeah, Stanford. But they Stanford, I had it. You know it was going to be tougher for them to beat them because they was going to beat them three times. In one year, they beat them in the regular season twice. So Arizona was coming to play, but um, you know Stanford was great. 
And you, when you look at the NBA currently, right now, yeah. I mean, who, what, what, uh, look, the style of play, it's different. There's more reliance on three-point shooting three than point, ever before. Yeah. Uh, could you, would you enjoy playing in that system? I, I, I would, I would enjoy it, but I, I would get better. I would have to get better with shooting the three. Um, I, I didn't like to shoot the three because we had, you know, post-ups back then, throw the ball in, we'd cut off, we'd get layups and whatever, jump shots. I, I, I Jump shots within the foul line, you know, but I would I would love it. I, I think this would be easier for me to play it because uh, hand checking is a foul, all these are fouls. But when I played the lead, it was more, it was very physical. Yeah. Very physical. And they and they change the they, they have to change it every year. They make new rules. You know, so it, it's just different, man. But um the game is exciting. It's uh for the fans, but the playoffs, you know, gets more gets more uh demanding on the players, I I really believe. Who do you think's gonna win the whole thing? Um I I whew, I I'm going with the teams, you know. I always tell all the pros, I love the New Jersey Nets, Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets, uh, Boston Celtics, and, and Portland Trailblazers. So I'm going to go with the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. They should win it, but, you know, I don't like the Lakers. <laughs> I, I love individual players. Uh, LeBron James is awesome. Uh, the Clippers look very good, um, but I'm going to go out west. I would like to see... I would like to see Brooklyn Nets versus Portland Trailblazers. Could be. Yeah, it could be. I mean, look, I think it's more of a long shot for Portland. But Brooklyn, as long as they get yeah. uh, Kevin Durant back, and Harden got yeah. hurt a little bit last night, but Kyrie Irving yeah. is playing at a very high level right now. Yeah, he's playing. About, he, should, he could be an MVP candidate. He could be in there. But he's an awesome, he's an awesome point guard. He could do it all, man. He could do it all. In the West, awesome I'm, I'm with you about LeBron James. I like LeBron James more than just a player. Yes. Uh, I, I like the way he, what comes out of his head because he's very bright. He's very yes. smart. He knows what he's doing. And he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. Yes. And that's what, you know, nowadays you could do that. 2021, you know, he's able to do that. And he's just, he's a, he's, he's a great person. You know, I mean, um, I never, I, I never met him when I played against him, but he's a great person. He's doing well for himself, but not only himself, but he's doing well for the lead. Um, he, he, he says the right things. He do, he does the right things. Um, he, he's just a great ambassador. I think he's a great ambassador for the lead. Let me ask you this: uh, You're at Fisk University now, and I don't yeah. know how if you're thinking beyond Fisk yeah, University. Do you have any thoughts? About I, I don't know what what division is Fisk Division Two? It's NAI, yeah, Division yeah. Two. It's small school, small school. I I really just I, if it comes, it comes. But I'm just trying to concentrate on Fisk and build the basketball program up and see what happens. You know, that's that's what I want to do here. Um, you know, I think I shouldn't say it, but I will. My 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 goal is one day. One day is to be Georgia Tech's men's basketball coach. That's it. Huh. That's the only. That's the only thing. If not, I'll be here. Hopefully, and, until they let me go, I'll be here at Fisk. Love. But I want Fisk. I want Georgia Tech. I want my old alma mater. That's the. That's the job I want. All right. So I got a little scoop here. Uh, yes. uh, so now, what did you take from Chuck Daly? Do you 
do you follow Chuck? Do you dress like Chuck when you go out in the court? No, no, I don't dress like him. <laughs> uh, I don't dress like him. But I, I, I might take, I might take my, I might take a, you know, you really, you really can't. It's, it's got to be a different lifestyle that I give to college players than what he gave to pros. You know, and that's what I'm, you know, getting at. It's, it's a great thing. Jawan Howard is at Michigan. Uh, Jerry good... Stockout is at Vanderbilt. Mm. Uh, Hubert Davis is at UNC. Uh, it's great for, for, for African-Americans to get these, these head coaching jobs to give off, you know, what we learned as, as, as individuals. Not, not just basketball, but in life in general. It's just awesome. So how do you deal with the media? I like I've been dealing with it, you know, all my life, you know, you, you, you got to deal with it. You, you say, you know, what, what's important, you know, you, you got to get it. And now it's a little different. The media is all over the place. different. They come out and they try to get a lot of, a lot of dirt on you and they just boom. Flash. But if, it, if the dirt is out, you can't get none. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so you can't get none. So no, it's, 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 it's it's a, it's a thin line, but you got to learn, you know, you got to know what to say. Well, you know what I'm going to say to you right now? I mean, if you're looking for a broadcaster, you, you got my number. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. You're great. And you're great. You're great, Howard <laughs> Davis. And you know, you always will be one of my good friends. And I really appreciate you. Yeah, well, That's I That's why when you called and say, hey, do my, I say, hey, I'll do it. You know, no, no, no problem. Because you're a great man. You're a great man. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So the second overall pick in '91, Larry Johnson was number one. See, you should have had a gold tooth. You would have been number one. <laughs> they always laugh at Larry. We still talk because they beat us in the, they beat us in um, Final Four in uh, 1990, UNLV versus Georgia Tech. They beat us, and um, I, I always say that I could have been one, but they had Muggsy Bogues in Charlotte. And uh, Alan Bristow was the head coach. He didn't want he didn't he didn't want no one competing with Muggsy. He, he chose Larry Johnson. So you know, I thought and this was the draft. I thought I was going to Sacramento, but then the Nets came from nowhere. It was awesome, and I, I want to thank Willis Reed and uh, for getting me with the New Jersey Nets drafted me. It was just an awesome experience for me, and, and not only awesome but just being home. You know, in the metropolitan area was awesome. My friend, it's great hearing from you. I appreciate you giving me the time, and you stay safe. All right, my man. Thank you. Kenny Anderson, taking a bite of the Big Apple. Yours truly, Howard David. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube